What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds. And of course, they've got four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off-Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar here on East Colfax. And they are hooking it up in the month of October, unlike the Broncos today, but they are hooking it up. They are giving you 25% off Dixie Gummies. They're giving you 25% off Solace Bars, 25% off Solace Sticks, Mile High Extractions are 25% off, Summit's 25% off, and 1906 Drops, 25% off, plus they've got 20% off on top of that. If you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, whether you want to go on their website, solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com, or you're in person, use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off on top of those deals. And another kicker to this is they'll give you a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention that code as well. So there is no reason not to check out our friends over at Solace Meds. Again, you can do it online. You can do it in person. Use that code DNVR20 over at Solace Meds. All right, RK, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos Losers Lounge. Ah, boo. Oh, Zach. So much to discuss. So, oh. so much to discuss. Ryan, we were all over the place. We were falling asleep in the first three quarters. Then, I mean, it was like we took some lot of coffee in the fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> took some lot of coffee. Everything yeah, that's what woke I was up. You were it was say. great. It was fun. And then Broncos literally come up two yards short. Three yards short. Oh, God, I don't even know where to begin with this. There's so many things to be mad about. Um, The good news is I'm in a mood to be mad about things. Good. This matches up well. Where do we start? Well, let's just start with our biggest takeaways, and I'm going to go first. Um, Zach, this is not a well-coached football team. They're not well-coached. They make bad mistakes at bad times. Um, They are not disciplined. They are not exactly well-versed on the rules. Um, they're not, they're not well-coached. They're not well-coached from the head coaching position. They're not well-coached from the offensive coordinator position. Uh, they are not well-coached from the special teams coordinator position. And that, to me, more than anything, cost them a football game today. Yeah, it did. And an incredibly slow start, Ryan. And in the first three quarters... I'm not sure about the fourth, but Ryan, the first three quarters, it's safe to say that Tom McMahon was the best coach that the Broncos had today in terms of the coordinators and the head coach. Not crazy at all to say. You have Von Miller out there now with zone coverage that he was covering Chase that Claypool. What Vic said? That's what Vic said after the game. No one else was playing zone coverage. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Von was chasing him too right after. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, it just nothing you did worked in, until the fourth quarter, and you can't wait until the fourth quarter. Broncos have tried this last year. It's not a winning formula, Ryan. 
It's not. And again, this is what Broncos fans are just, it's going to grind their gears today. This felt like a Drew Locke game. This felt like a 2020 game where you're out of the game, you're out of the game, you're out of the game. And then with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, you come to life. And mm -hmm. at the end, oh, well, there was a chance and this, that, and the other thing. But Zach, the mistakes just piled up and up and up in this game. Um, I, I, I you know, I don't want to single him out too strong because he made plays on those plays. But Alexander Johnson drops two picks right into his hands. Those are things like, again, that's not necessarily on the coaches. Right. But those add up to other mental errors. And it just feels like throughout the game, um, Teddy Bridgewater has a mental mistake on the two-point conversion, in my opinion. Uh, I'm, I always have to watch the tape to be sure. It looks like RPO to me. He had Hinton, uh, who was open, and he also could have just handed it off to Javante, who would have walked into the end zone. He keeps it. He throws the slant to the back, misses on that. That was a mental mistake to me. I felt like mental mistakes were the name of the game here. The, I mean, I don't know what the deal was with Vaughn. I always thought Vaughn thought he, it was zone coverage, too. But if you watch the play, Sertan's running right alongside his receiver. Yep. So I don't know if it was like a, like a zone spy I don't want. I just don't want Vaughn in zone at all. I don't want him. In, obviously, I don't want him in man on Clay. But I don't want him on zone on anyone. Right. Ryan. He looked so so out of his element. Didn't he look like a normal human? Yes. Like I'm like, oh, that looks like me out there. Yes. It, it's Von Miller. I know. He had no. I, I don't think he knew what he was really supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it showed. Um. Again. Mental error on someone's yep. part. Yep. Um, and, and, and Ryan, to piggyback off of that, whether this is on the coaches, the team, probably a combination everyone, yeah. of both. Uh, you've mentioned a lot. How about Javante Williams getting spiking the ball in the end zone? I don't know if he thought he scored. He wasn't that close to scoring, so I don't know how he could have thought that. He was a couple, you know, two full yards away from that. Then that's four points. You should be able to get it in yep. on first and goal from the two. If you get those four points then you're fine. We're not talking about this type of ending. Uh, and then how about Draymond Jones? Speaking of four more points, that is brutal. That's on the coaching There's staff. The game. That's also on Draymond Jones. There's the game right there. Because Alexander he, Johnson, two picks. Uh. Really frustrating. And, yep. and you know what? To, to add on to the coaching thing, and I said this last week, and it looked almost even worse to me this week, Zach. This team never comes out with fire. Yep. Ever. Yep. And there are certain players who come out on fire. You know, Kareem Jackson always brings brings the, the hammer. Today, didn't he? Yeah, and, you know, you can expect that from him. When have you ever seen this team come out and look like they were going to punch someone in the mouth in the Vic Fangio era? Or, no, no. Or before then, for no, all it's worth. No, it doesn't happen. And Ryan, Teddy, after the game, said this. Tell me what you think about this. He says, we might need to be like the colleges and do goal line bash heads in the pregame to, quote, get the blood flowing. I think that's that's the it's next exactly game. Exactly what I'm talking that's about. That's the next and, and what does that remind you of? Of course, it reminds us of the 49ers and what are they doing at practice before training camp? It's, it's training music. camp in July, August, and they're blasting music. Their linebackers are smacking each other's heads. They're getting ready for it in July. So yeah, Teddy, I think you're on to something. Let's do that next week against the Raiders because you better be up for that game. Well, you know, it's it's the old saying: the team takes on the personality of their head coach or their best player. Well, I don't even know who their best player is. Um, 
I mean, today, maybe a couple receivers. And Kendall Hinton. Cor yeah, Kendall Hinton, um, Malik Reed. I mean, that's what we're talking Two undrafted guys. Cortland Sutton statistically Patrick, had a good yeah. game. But Ryan, Cortland Sutton, he had seven catches for 120 yards. But what was he doing at the start of the game? I mean, it, it look he he was, I mean. he was running the opposite way on a first down, so the Broncos didn't get a first down and said it was third and one. That and one. It, 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 and then, but what about the the one where the ball is thrown? And I know it was tipped at the line, but Ryan he could have caught it. It fell a yard away from him, and he didn't even bend down to get it. And then the very next play, it's I don't know. He just wasn't looking for the ball. I don't care if the pass wasn't supposed to go to him. If you're a receiver running around, look for the ball. And so yeah. this is your best guy, also, and he still starts a quarter slow. Yes, and if you're wide receiver mm. one, yes. you should always be looking for the ball. Especially when wide receiver two and three are out. Yes. Uh, that w that was, like, very <laughs> evident, I thought. Yeah. The fact that Cortland Sutton, yep. uh, it looked like he had a brain fog yeah. to start the game. Yeah. Um, and, and Noah Fant, the same way. I'm trying to remember the play... I mean, first of all, he just gets bullied by uh, T.J. Watt, which, again, I don't love the play call. Um, I don't either, but a couple of plays later, did you see, uh, I think it was Ingram uh, uh, have his way with Vaughn on a run play? No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. He, he completely shoved Vaughn out to create a big hole. So, same thing. Like, I don't like Ingram on Vaughn. You mean Ebron? Ebron, yeah, 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 yeah. Not Ingram. Ebron. Uh, I, I don't like that matchup, but he still took care of it. Noah Fant was able to do nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's that motivation that I feel like is so severely lacking. And like I said, it's, it's your best player or your coach. Yep. And we don't know who their best player is. Yep. And their coach is a wet blanket. Yeah. And it's what he is. And Ryan, right before, I, I, I imagine I can say this. <laughs> that was weird. So weird. <laughs> that was also weird. Yeah. How did that? Was that below know. us and it just felt so. like it was right next to us? Oh, I think I thought they were trying to talk to us. Someone just banged on our window yeah. out here. I just, or we're on the second <laughs> floor. I don't know how they did that. Um, uh, but before the game, I, or right before we started this this post-game pod, I said, wow, Vic's a little feisty, a little spicy in the, in the post-game. And you said... Uh, too bad he wasn't like that on the sidelines. And that's 100% clear and right, by the way. But it's 100% clear that that team needs this. They need Vic to be, be don't, don't be, uh, you know, your happy uncle, Vic. Be your pissed off uncle um, and, and rile the guys up before the game. Teddy should do it. Whoever can do it needs to do it. It's, it's, it's not on this staff, the person to do it. Um, and... <laughs> It's really hard to make like sweeping generalizations at three and two. Doesn't it feel like oh and five? Didn't this game feel like when they were down twenty to six, it was two hundred to six? Yes. It wasn't even close. It's the fact that the Broncos had a chance to tie it up, they came two yards away, was incredible for how poorly they played on both sides of the ball you know. in, in in this game and. Ryan, the defense was holding in there for a portion of the game, and they didn't look good, but they were still bending, 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 and then it broke at the very end. Tw what we say 24 points, and they were doing it for so long, Ryan. And then that 27 made it uh, a bad game for them, especially ag uh, against this offense. Ben Roethlisberger, doesn't he look like the old Ben Roethlisberger in this game at least? Didn't I tell you that, that was, I, I was worried about that happening because yep. this defense allows rhythm throws? Yep. And what that's they what do, he, they, doing. they let him get into a rhythm. Yep. And he's still Big Ben. Yep. Like, we talked about this, you know, um, uh, 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 throughout the week. He is still a guy who can look, he can identify the coverage, and it's not as if he can't throw the ball anymore. So, yeah. 
uh, man, there's so many places to look, um, and I'm just I don't know. I think it all comes back to the coaching staff. I really do. Um, and like I said, it's hard to make sweeping generalizations or or blanket statements about a team at three and two. They could be four and two next week. And again, yep. all not all will be forgiven, but it'll they change the vibe week. a lot. Ryan, the train right now, and, and here's how I'm going to put the sweeping generalizations. The train is on a curve right now. And it is, I mean, we are 45 degree angle. Yep. Next week, if they don't win, it's, it's, off, it's off and it, it's tumbling down hills and there's, there's no saving it. There, yeah. There's no saving it. Next week, they can get it back on, on the rails. But right now, it's in a bad spot. It's in a bad spot. And I'm, I'm looking at the coaches. I am. And I'm saying, your jobs are now on the line. Uh, it's not going to be a win or go home right. type of game next week. But to me... The Vic Fangio era kind of hangs in the balance over the next seven days. Well, and how about this? Last week, two weeks ago, Von Miller called the Baltimore Ravens game a playoff game. It, it, it was that important, that that much of a hype, uh, especially coming playing at home with these fans. Last week, he said today's game means everything. Justin Simmons followed that up and said how big it is. Good teams bounce back in adversity. Every team loses. Great teams bounce back in adversity. Broncos did not do that today. Now they bounce back in-game adversity, but when you take a, a step back and look at the full picture, the team right now, Ryan, is telling you, the players themselves are telling you they're in a bad spot. Does this defense feel like a dominant defense to you? No, it doesn't. It does, it, And it's just like what we said last week. You think, wow, the defense did not come to play today. And you say, oh, 23 points. Now today you can't say that. 27 is not acceptable. But still, when I was, when I was looking at the fourth quarter and I'm going, the defense has not been good today, and they've only given up 24 points. They've given themselves a chance. They haven't been dominant, but, Ryan, it, did, it didn't feel good. Not only did they make Ben Roethlisberger look like Ben Roethlisberger, but Najee Harris. Ryan, the Steelers had not had a 100-yard running back uh, this year. Najee Harris had not had a 100 uh, running what is it called? A hundred Yard. rushing yards yeah. in a single game. And the Steelers themselves had not had 100 yards in a single game. Uh, Najee Harris gets that at the beginning of the third quarter. And then he gets hurt, doesn't play again, so he finishes with 122 yards. Ryan, at one point in the third quarter, the Denver Broncos had 145 total yards of offense. Najee Harris had 140. He was one five yard away from having as many yards on offense as the Denver Broncos. That tells you right there, the defense was bad and the offense was bad. Yeah, but, but this defense doing enough to keep you in the game is not enough. Nope. That's like, uh, what, top 10 defense right there? That's like the 10th best defense? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, uh, you've got, you know, like, the Browns out there right now taking on the Chargers. Those teams expect their defense to keep them in the game. Right, right. The Broncos cannot afford to have a defense that just gives you a chance to win. They need to have a defense that gives you wins. Yep. That, it, I, again, I feel bad for piling on AJ, but, like, there's those are the plays you have to make. Yep. This team is not good enough to drop interceptions. Nope. Um, and I don't know what the re results of those drives were, but I think both of them ended in points. Touchdowns. Both of them ended in touchdowns. Again, it's uh, he plays linebacker for a reason. He's not a tight end for a reason. He certainly has the size to be one. He does. Um, but those are the types of plays that a team like the Denver Broncos has to make. 
You intercept those two balls that you win the game. Yep. Well, Simple as doubt, that. Without, Maybe just one gets you the win. The elite defenses, Ryan, they stop teams, but they also make plays. Broncos made one play on defense today a, from Malik Reed. Yeah. Great, great strip sack. Then he, Alexander Johnson actually picks it up. He used his hands that yes. uh, th that time. Uh, but you need more than one, especially going up against a team that is prone to turning the ball over. Uh, and so 27 points is an elite. One turnover is an elite. Uh, and then the Broncos offense, speaking of the opposite. Remember the first couple weeks of this season we were saying, the Broncos are playing team football. They're playing complementary football. When the defense gets a stop, the offense capitalizes. And special teams sometimes hits or misses. Today, Broncos, only turnover they get, they can't even get a first down, Ryan, on offense. Can't even get a first down. <sighs> it's so hard to give those three points to the offense because they literally did nothing. You uh, you just sent me down Pat Shermer uh -oh. Road. It's, uh -oh. not, it's not a road I want to travel <laughs> down, but we will go down it. <laughs> After we hit a couple Super Chats here, what do we got here, Kale? All right, first one here is from Steven. I'll let you get the next one, Kale. Uh, feel bad that y'all have to try and cover this team. Hope a change is coming soon. Well... Oh, man, I mean, feel you said, bad that you guys have to watch this yeah, and, yeah. and be so pumped up for a three and one team. Don't feel bad for us. We have Did, a pretty good job. Yes, we have a great job. But then a three and O team to get total letdown last week. Then this week, total letdown against a bad team. Now Ryan, the Broncos, their strength of victory is nothing. I mean, now those teams that they beat have a couple wins now, but they're still really bad. This would have been the Broncos' best win by far on the road against Steelers. Even though they're not good, they're a better team than those. Now, we don't know if the Broncos can, can hang with, with slight anyone. contenders. Yeah, yeah. anyone. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i disappointed for the fans. It's not as bad as last week because last week there was, you know, 76,000 strong in there trying to will that team to victory. They had nothing to cheer about all day. We had a great crowd at the DNVR bar today. There was, like, two cheers. Yep. I mean, I guess the strip sack and stuff like that, but it felt like there was a two-hour period where everyone was just yep. sitting with twiddling their thumbs. I felt bad. Well, Ryan, now may be a great time to talk about one of those cheers, and it's our king of the game, Kendall Hinton, DraftKings Sportsbook king of the game. Kendall Hinton, I mean, there's a couple of guys you could have given this to, but you're going to go with Mr. Kendall Hinton. He had the touchdown. He had multiple <laughs> catches. He had the best catch he had a of yeah okay. game. I was gonna say, he, he didn't have a two-point conversion he did not he had a he touchdown. did have a touchdown he had a touchdown and how good was that catch on the sideline fully extended ryan i i never thought he had a chance no uh when the ball left teddy's hands i'm like oh <laughs> my god and then he went out and made a great play teddy he, threw it for tim patrick on that one he looked like a natural <laughs> true nfl receiver today yeah he's he certainly did and not only was there a big catch on Kendall Hinton's touchdown because it was points for the Broncos, but Ryan, you got you got to tell the story about why the the cheer was even louder. Ah, uh, yeah. So at the DMVR bar, we do a little something called the Wheel of Destiny. Another reason to come here for the game. Yes, my idea, by the way. Great idea. Uh, we take the wheel. You might recognize it from the Wheel of Darkness that we do on the tailgate, but it's much more happy uh, before the Broncos game starts. We write a bunch of scenarios that could happen in the Broncos game. Some more likely than others. Right. You could argue that maybe <laughs> the the least likely one yep. landed today. It was Kendall Hinton touchdown. And yep. in fact, everyone loves Kendall Hinton, but yep. there was like a little yep. sigh of yep. sadness. So what happens is before the game, you write oh, yes. in all of those things on there, and then you spin it before the game. And whatever it lands on, everyone gets a free shot if that event happens. And so it's spinning. 
It lands on Kendall Hinton, and just like you said, everyone's like, oh. uh, no free shot today. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, Kendall Hinton gets a touchdown, and it's funny because it's like a, it's like a multi-layered yep, cheer. Yep, yep. Like, first everyone's cheering when LeBron goes scored yep. a touchdown, and then everyone realizes yep. it's Hinton. It goes <laughs> yeah. to the next level. Um, lo I love the Wheel of Destiny. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's two two out of five yep. so far. Not bad. At least can't remember if it's three maybe yeah um there was a tim patrick td once yep. that hit as well yeah um so always fun uh and appreciate everyone who came down to the dm uh, malik reed strip sack was also on the wheel it was on the wheel yeah. today yeah <clears throat> all right uh let's go to a couple more of these super chats all right these are all kind of in the same line so we can just hit through them as many have said before, I can't find a thing to like about this coaching staff on either side of the ball. Game planning against us seems way too easy. Our preparation and adjustments are terrible. It's it's a shame that, to feel that way about the defense. I understand game planning against the offense is pretty much always going to be easy when you don't have a stud quarterback, in my opinion. Um, although, like, Kyle Shanahan would probably beg to differ. He's probably put together some pretty good game plans. I mean, he almost... Uh, had George Kittle go for 300 receiving yards and one half against the Broncos and with Nick Mullen. So it's a little bit tougher in those scenarios. But the fact that it feels easy to game plan for this defense right now is highly problematic. Yeah, I completely agree, Ryan. Now, my only question, and I, I push back, I guess. I don't mean to be defending this coaching staff to that, is the adjustments. What's interesting, Ryan, and, and you brought this up before the postgame pod, is it didn't really seem like the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing prevent defense in the fourth nope. quarter. The Broncos' offense just started clicking. After the game, Vic said it was because they just started throwing outside passes more. I don't know why they weren't doing that before. <laughs> or, sounds, on, like, this isn't on Vic. That literally sounds like something a coach would say in 1938. <laughs> right, we tried right. the uh, outside the numbers <laughs> pass a little bit. Something new we're working into the offense. We threw it overhand. Yes. This time. Yeah. Was, the was, forward pass was really working crazy. for us. <laughs> and Noah Fant got involved. Shocking idea to have, right? And uh, um, so I guess maybe can you give credit to Pat Shermer there for stouter fourth yeah. quarter play? I guess. I mean... <laughs> well, we know he's good at that. They did it last year enough. I'm so <laughs> sick of Pat Shermer. I'm, I'm saving it. I'm saving it. What else? All right. Um, sorry, everybody. I will continue to hate on this coaching staff while they are incompetent. Just bad, bad coaching today from Vaughn Miller's Chicken Farm. I'm glad everyone... I mean, maybe I'm not glad. I don't know. Maybe I want um, <laughs> to be that <laughs> take... Maybe I want that take to myself, but yeah. everyone could see it today. Yep. Everyone could see this as a coaching issue today. Yeah. It's not a well-coached football team out there today. Not by any stretch of the mind. All right. All. Uh, one more. Just going to leave this here. Shermer has got to go. Dude took last week's running judgment too critical and ran like it wasn't the Steelers. Tell me you felt that too. Yep. I yep. mean, is that crazy? Yeah. I, like, sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I'm being silly. Wasn't it the first two plays of the game? On first and 15 and second and 14. And you pick up four yards, I think? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to save my... Uh, we're going into the blame game. I'm trying to save my <laughs> rant. <laughs> well, should we just jump in? Well... Do we have one more? We've got two more, two but more. they're okay, pretty these, much the we'll, same thing, we'll so we'll be fast. Around. The bad, five-plus yards per carry for Harris, the 50-percenter, Sertan's coverage, the good. Hinton bought everyone at the DNVR bar a shot, and yeah. some handsome bastard brought a puppy to the bar. <laughs> Does anyone have Peterson's number from Danimal? 
I don't, um, but I did see a, <laughs> a dog in there at the very end of the uh, game. I didn't even notice it until then. I uh, I think... Uh, Thanks for the generous super chat, by the yes, way. Yes, thank yes. you. Uh, what do you think about uh, your former Eagles coach coming to the Broncos? Doug Peterson? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I thought you would love it. No, I, 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 I do. I just... I want someone young. Yeah. Just want someone young. Wouldn't be that. Right, and then last one. We're on to 2022. No wonder Locke didn't play good. Mm. And, Ryan, I did see some people saying, can't get worse than this, specifically in the first half. Bring Drew Locke in. No. I thought after last week, honestly, we weren't going to see that again. Um, but that, I don't think Drew would have helped this at all. I mean, who's, like, the worst quarterback? Nathan Peterman could be the Broncos uh, back a quarterback and people would still be calling for him on a week-to-week basis. It's just uh, human nature, I guess, for fans. <laughs> All right, well, well, speaking of the DNVR bar, next week, back at home, Ooh. Raiders week. Huge game. Huge game. I mean, it, the difference between 4-2 and two and 3-3 three and three is so drastic. 1-0 yep. in your division yes. or a three-game losing streak, easily looking at a four-game losing streak. Who's after that? Browns, Browns on Thursday night. Yikes. Big yikes. So, you, go, you go one and one in those, Ryan, your season's still alive. What I will say is it's going to be hype at least before the game. Going to be a blast. Come down to the DNVR bar at 10. Get on the party bus. Head over to the tailgate. The tailgate's going to be off the chain. Everyone having a blast. Should be perfect football weather. I'm, I'm predicting. I'll touch wood. Yep. And uh, you got to do it. It's the ultimate way to experience a game day. You come to the bar. You get to take to-go drinks on the bus Ooh. if you want to. Then you get to the uh, to the tailgate. There's all sorts of Breck brews on the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got all the games. I'm uh, undefeated in Can Jam this season. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to, uh, I may have take to me take me up on that. Yep. I don't even care who my partner is. Um, but uh, Lexi held it down for me last time. Mm. So, anyways. Come check it out. Sign up. Go to dnvrlocker.com to get your tickets for just the tailgate or the bus and the tailgate. Breck Brews, Ryan, you mentioned it. That's the only place to go. It's why we have it at our uh, tailgates. And we also have it at the DNVR bar. I mean, you look at the bar, Breckenridge Brew, Breckenridge Brew. I mean, at the bar up here, Ryan, what are we talking about? Uh, six, eight. eight different Breck Brews up here. Thanks for the math and, Got and the, you. the counting help there. Uh, and because it's the best. I think they're the original we put it in the bar, so we're putting our stamp of approval on it. They're the original yes. because they are so good. But even if you're not at the bar, make sure to check them out. Go to that Breck Beer Locator. A lot of people ask, you know, where can I get the good company, Hard Seltzers? Where can I get the Avalanche Ale? Uh, go to Breck Brew Locator to find every, all the beers around the entire country. So check them out. All right, and finally, Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Mike in Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Their ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing your house. Uh, they strive to give their borrowers an op- with options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Make sure you check these guys out. They're family-owned. They're DNVR. They're uh, the type of people that you want to support you and that you want in your life. And again, they're going to take care of you because they know you're part of the DNVR family and they take care of all their customers, but we all have that special little bond. Um, so... Check out Chevalier Mortgage, 303-257-6578 or dnvrmortgage.com. The blame game. Well, you know where I'm going. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. We've got a new graphic for this. Oh, my good. Are what, you what, zapping uh, me? Uh, it looks like I'm zapping. Wait, can we go back to that? <laughs> 
It looked like you were going to jump start me. It looks like I'm doing that to myself. Oh, like right I've, on the nip? I've, yeah, I've Whoa. attached to my own nipple. And then are you asking me to attach it to my nipple? And we'll... We'll zap each other. <laughs> it's supposed some, to be some it's supposed to be RK threatening you with a fire hydrant, but you guys okay, both right, have wait, smiles. Where's the rest of the Let's, fire hydrant? Can we go back? <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Look, fire hydrant right here. Oh, it's such a similar color to the background. I see. <laughs> see, okay, we got props. these backwards because everyone knows I don't wear white t-shirts. I I don't wear jeans. Uh oh. Well, right, I'll, be, I'll uh, go back little... to the drawing board oh, with this movies. graphic okay, next week. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, Kale, that was a good graphic. No, I'll go back to the drawing board. We're we're fine. Those, wait, one last time. No, uh, we're good. We can move on. <laughs> I just want to say the legs were drawn to scale on Zach. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> okay. I love the graphic. The playing game. Damn it, now I'm in a good mood. Um, <laughs> Get mad. Pat Shermer, I just don't know if he knows what he's doing. Uh, I talked about this with Matt McChesney this week, and I said, Matt, please tell me. Please tell me that you have been close enough to it, you think calling a game is way harder than I think it is. Mm. And I was like, I want someone to put me in my place on this. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it doesn't seem that hard. I'll put you in your place. And he said, I don't. I really don't think it's as hard as they make it look. Um, and that's really how I feel. And some of the decisions made by Pat Shermer are so head-scratching. They, they make me want to rip my hair right out of my head. Yeah. Um, Please don't. Like... The, you start on the very first drive of the game. First of all, you get a delay of a game. I can't be the only person who thought uh, the quarterback coming right out of concussion protocol and not knowing to snap the ball before the clock runs out on the very first play was concerning. Um, that may have been the worst of it all. Yeah. Of everything that happened. Yes. On the first play of the game. Delay of game. How do you... Everyone should know the play... Before they even run out onto the field. They knew it yesterday, right? Yeah, they should have known it probably plane. Thursday, Friday. Oh, my goodness. So that happens. And then you have first and 15. And Pat Shermer, I just, I'm sorry, but, like, the, the way his face looks uh, makes me think uh, he's the type of person that says, like, watch this, media. He was doing the Eli Manning. He's giving us a double bird. He's right like, there. I'll run the ball. <laughs> yeah. So it's Melvin Gordon for one. Second and 14, Zach. They run the ball again. This one at least goes for four. It's third and ten. Punt. Second series. Run, run. Field goal. Uh, after getting the ball in the 30-yard line or whatever it was. And then it just on from there, yep. I swear he just has no concept of what it takes to build a rhythm on offense. I realize he's been doing this for a long time, and I wish I had reason to give him the benefit of the doubt here. But so many games, so many games, it takes this offense, I don't know, a quarter, a half to get any sort of rhythm. And to me, it's its really squarely on the shoulders of Pat Shermer. You know what it feels like, Ryan? Did you hear that uh, that quote from Brandon Staley last week? I know you did because we talked about it. Um, where he said, you don't have to run the ball, but the running the ball, you, you don't have to do it for balance. What you have to do it for is for the physicality. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Pat Shermer is doing it so that at the end of the game, the numbers are kind of close. Okay, when it was a close game, we ran the ball a similar amount as when we passed the ball. But there's no, there's no rhythm to the offense because there's no rhythm to the play calling at all. And what Brandon Staley said is 100% right. Ryan, 
if the run isn't working, do other things to help the running game, like swing passes. Like, up until today, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not been able to run the ball. But so what have they done instead? They've just done little swing passes to Najee Harris yes. to say, okay, if our offensive line isn't good enough to block this, then we're just going to incorporate Najee in another way. That's pretty much an extension of the running game. Pat Shermer's running the ball to run the ball, it feels like. And, and <clears throat> Zach, what's the other reason you run the ball? To set up play action. Was that... I actually maybe I'm 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 low on I sleep. I can't think of it. I can't think of a play action pass today. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it does. I mean, there was the RPO, uh, like yeah, that I mentioned on the two point conversion. Yeah. There's a little bit of RPO <laughs> out there. I can't. I cannot remember a, a uh, under center play action pass. No, no. <clears throat> how or does it, how do these a... things evade Pat Shermer? How does he look back after the game? He's like, yeah, well, we, we wish we would have run it more than four times in the second half, but it just didn't work out that way. If someone asked him this week, where was the play action from under center? He'd be like, oh, we would have liked to get to that, but it just didn't end up. Oh, God, it's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad, Ryan. 19 yards in the first quarter. 19 yards in the first quarter. So who am well, I? Because then your defense goes with this bend, don't break thing, and the other team holds the ball for the whole quarter. Yep. Exactly, which is just absolutely brutal. So, I mean, I think you have to start there. And I'm going to start with just the slow starts, Ryan, and the blame game goes on every single person here. Teddy needs to get him more pumped up. That's not who he is, though, which is tough. Vic needs to get him more pumped up. It's not who he is, though. So they have to find someone that's going to pump him up. And then also, your big players have to come out to play right away. It's great that Malik Reed is making plays. But where's Von Miller? It's great that... That uh, Kendall Hinton's making plays late Any in the QB game. Any QB hits for Von Miller today? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, either. no. Um, maybe one. He came. I don't think so though. I don't either. Von Miller is is another guy for this, Ryan. To 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 put the blame on Ben Roethlisberger. Not pressured at all this game. And outside of that one strip, strip sack, sack yeah. I mean, that was the only time he he was sacked in this game. What is going on, man? How does that happen with this defense? It's all supposed to be all supposed to be about Russian cover, right? Yep, Russian cover, the good old drink. They're not rushing or covering. <laughs> nope, and no quarterback hits for Vaughn. It's bad. It, 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 like, so the personnel of this defense to me actually would make a lot of sense to play a man style, pressure and man. Right. Um, and and obviously it's not what Vic Fangio does. What is the point of paying all of this money into the secondary? To have them sitting out there in those zones where good quarterbacks can just find the weak spots and carve it up. And speaking of, that's probably another blame here, Kyle Fuller. That's where I was going next oh as well. Oh my goodness. You said find him what's open. That's what Ben Roethlisberger did all game. And he did it right from the start. On the first drive where they went 85 yards for a touchdown, he beat Kyle Fuller twice for a total of 73 yards. And then Ben said... Huh, that worked. I'm going to keep doing that. And Ryan, he kept doing it. And when it came to third downs, Ryan, Ben said, I'm going to go to a place that I can win. And he hit on Kyle Fuller and just kept going, kept going. Also, Kyle Fuller got uh, juked out of his shoes and missed the tackle. It was as bad of a game as you could expect from any cornerback, Ryan. I mean, remember when Michael O.J. Mudio was getting burned, Brandon Langley getting burned? That's the type of game that Kyle Fuller had today. And after the game, we know that Kyle Fuller is Vic's guy. He said he was beat, and it was a bad, bad game, and yeah, it was a terrible game. Yeah. Um, How much did they miss Ronald Darby? The, well, uh, 
but why? Like, I don't know. The return on Fuller couldn't be emptier. And it is not... Again, to me, this defense... The, the personnel doesn't make sense for the no. way that they're calling the defense. Right. Like, like I said, this defense should be all about Russian cover. But right now, it just feels like, come to us. Right. Bring the fight to someone in one of these games. Right. Um, I think they need to, I don't know, I think they need to go, go back and watch some Wade Phillips tape and try to employ some of that. Because, again, you're asking, you know, all of these guys to play such soft coverage. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make sense to me. Especially against Ben Roethlisberger, who, coming into this game, I believe had like one or two plays of over 20 yards the whole season. They yep. were last in the NFL. Yep. And he was just tossing them left and right. Uh, the Like the quick outs, just on third and two, third and three early in the game, they were there all day. So, yep. Ryan, speaking of all day, over, over on DraftKings Sportsbook, the over-under for Ben passing yards, I believe, was right around 250. I thought the under was such a lock because of how this team matched up. Ben goes for 253. Just it's just absolutely crazy. Ben had a great game. Two touchdowns, no picks, 120 pass rating, 60% completion. He got whatever he wanted. And Ryan, what did you think of the decision of the Broncos, whether it's the coaching staff or George Payton, to activate Ronald Darby yesterday, make it seem like he was ready to go, and then not play him today? And of course, that's all I could think about when Kyle Fuller was being beat over and over again. Because realistically, they weren't going to bring Nate Hairston in to play over uh, Kyle Fuller. They certainly could have brought Ronald Darby in or changed things up there. I was thinking, man, they really threw the those Steelers a curveball. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, I, 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 my guess was that they thought he was going to be ready the way he was progressing. And when it, when push came to shove today, they just said, hey, he said, yeah, I'm not a hun- I'm not ready to go. Or someone said he doesn't look ready to go. That's just my guess. I don't really know what happened. Um, but it, it's interesting. What about Teddy Bridgewater? He's the one person we haven't really talked about here. How do you feel about him coming out of this game? Because the numbers, pretty darn good. <laughs> the numbers are great, Ryan, yeah. which is just crazy. Uh, 24 of 38, 63% completion, 288 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And the fact that they weren't playing prevent makes me feel a little bit a little bit better about this. But Ryan, I can't I can't ignore the first half. Six for eleven, under fifty percent or, or under sixty percent, fifty-six yards, no touchdowns, no picks, fifty-six yards. Are you kidding me? But how many third and tens were they in? A, a, a lot, yeah. a lot. Really bad situation. Um, so I think what we're seeing, Ryan, is Teddy Bridgewater can take you so far but he can't put the team on his back against good teams and, and, and carry you for an entire game. Yeah, but he shouldn't have to. Um, no, to exactly. Me, I, to me, this I don't, I don't have a lot of blame to give to Teddy today. Um, I don't think there was a lot of opportunities out there that he missed. I do remember one play. Gosh, what ended up happening on the play? I think he ended up taking a sack. Um, and then they cut to the tape, and it was like uh, there was three open guys yeah, out there. And he, he held the ball too long. Didn't let it go. The <laughs> other one, um, no disrespect to Mark Schlereth, but uh, on one play in the red zone, he's giving them credit for like a covered sack, and he's like, just no one open out here. And then right as he says that, you just see Tim Patrick running across the goal line, just waving his yeah. arms as he's wide open. Yeah. Teddy missed him there, so I guess he gets a little bit of blame there. And then one other thing I had an issue with, it's fourth down and goal. The game is on the line. Cortland Sutton is very, very, very covered. Right. Break the pocket. Try to create a little bit of chaos out there. Him just, 
it, it, it reminded me of that whole lackadaisical feel we had from the whole game. He's just like, eh, just throw it over towards Cortland. I guess I'll give him a chance. He didn't even really give him a chance with the no. location of the pass. There's no, there's no outside contain on the left. There were two guys who ran out with Javante. Then there's a corner on, on Cortland. Just break the pocket. Maybe both of those guys think that it's their responsibility to get you. So they pull off. You flip it to Javante. Maybe neither of them come. You walk into the end zone. I really didn't feel the, like, desperation game is on the line thing from him really on that whole entire last series, which, again, shocker, I didn't think was well called. I would have liked to see a little zone read. Like, so many teams save that. The quarterback keeper on zone read for the end of the game because there's just no one's expecting it. So my question to all of that, though, is do you think the, the concussion played into it, whether it was the play calling they didn't want to put him in a harmful spot or Teddy himself saying, I don't really want to make a run for it? Although, to counter that, he did make a run earlier in the game uh, and, and definitely exposed himself. So I don't think he was playing scared, but I just wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it because I got big-time Aaron Rodgers NFC Championship game vibes. Uh, um, yes, big-time. He broke the the one where he ended up throwing it to Tim Patrick in the corner. Yep. He broke the pocket, and I was like, go. Yep. Just go. Yep. He didn't go. He yep. just kind of throws it up for Tim. Probably could have gotten a P.I. Mm -hmm. Probably could have got a P.I. on De Deontay Spencer on the next one. But refs are going to swallow the whistle at that juncture. In the well, game. Let's, let's take a look at that Deontay Spencer. What is that call, Ryan? I, I know you're depleted at wide receiver, but you still do have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. If you want to run a corner fade in the end zone, one of those guys, Noah Fant, it, literally anyone. Kendall Hinton, he showed us he could do that. Anyone. But Deontay Spencer. I'd have to look back at the tape. Maybe it's supposed to be a rub and they didn't get the rub. You expected him to be wide open? I, I don't know. I hope. I really, uh, uh, again. It certainly looked like a corner fade. Questionable stuff all across the board. But I thought Teddy, in, in general, it was funny because, you know, Teddy now 1-12 in 12 in his career trying to lead game-winning comebacks at the end of the game. Yeah. It's one of the more damning stats that exists of about Teddy. Um, and I totally thought he was going to end this game with a 3-0 to zero touchdown to interception ratio, and then they weren't going to get the two-point yeah. conversion they were going to lose. <laughs> yeah. It was be like, man. There's just there's a fine line between a good quarterback, which I think he is a good quarterback, yep. and a quarterback that's good enough. Yep. And I think there's a gap in today's NFL. Good actually isn't good enough. No, it, it's certainly not because pretty much every quarterback is good, Ryan. Even the bad ones. Like if you're bottom third, you're the 20th best quarterback. You still have good stats. Yep. Um, but what this says to me, and like I said earlier, is Ryan. We're kind of seeing exactly what Teddy Bridgewater is. He can take an offense uh, as far as they want to go, but in terms of putting them on his back, he did it the first couple of games against bad teams. I think we're seeing it settle in right now. On uh, he's, he's going to be good enough for this team. If the Broncos' formula is elite defense, which we did not see today, and a good enough offense, which means average. Teddy Bridgewater can be an average quarterback and, and guide this team to be an average offense without a doubt. But if you need him to put the team on your back, he's just not going to be able to do it week in and week out. And so you're right. It's, you it's hard to put blame. You should blame. never expect him to. Exactly. So it's hard to put blame on him for not being able to do that. Ryan, yeah. another blame is Noah Fant. You talked about that whiffed block earlier. And this isn't just on oh, Noah Fant himself. Sorry, I just remember the other play that I had an issue with. It was the gimmicky pitch to Javante mm, yep. and Noah just kind of like he was doing the right thing doing the right thing doing the right thing and like 
his job is to seal that outside edge, right? So he's originally going to seal this one guy, then another guy comes. He actually did the right thing, goes around to him, and then another guy comes, and he's just like, eh, I'm not going to go all the way out to that guy. It, it was like, it's going to be easier for me to turn my body and get to the guy right here as opposed to the guy that's going at Javante. Yes. And that's, it's lazy. I don't know if he's still hurting uh, and just doesn't want to put his body at risk, but it just, it seemed, seemed bad, really but, bad. Yeah, and it just kind of goes... Along the lines of an uninspired performance. Yeah, exactly. How are you uninspired in this game? Yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah. You said it last week, actually, when we were talking, and I was, I was complaining about the same thing. And you said, well, if they don't come out inspired next week, there's a serious problem. Well, there's a serious problem, Zach. I'm going to say it one more time. If they don't come out inspired next week against the Raiders with, seriously, their season on the line. This game was huge. Next week is everything. If they don't come out at home with the fans against the Raiders... I, what's more than a serious problem, Ryan? Uh, Firing. Someone needs to get yeah. fired is yeah. what it is. I mean, that, that could very well happen. And it's going to be Tom to McMahon in like a, right. Right. Uh, you know, a warning shot yeah. move. Yeah, and then the team will break the huddle by saying like, one, two, three, Tom, or something like that. Yeah, do it for Tom. <laughs> right. Oh. right. But, Ryan, it's not just on Noah Fant. The blocking execution and the lack of hustle was definitely on him. How does he not have a single target until the fourth quarter? Not a single target. Now, what he did in the fourth quarter, Ryan, three catches on four targets for 20 yards. If he does that every quarter, we're talking about, you know, nine to 12 catches for over 100 yards. And we're talking about that's the role Noah Fan should be playing in this offense. They were only about uh, 75% short on that. Yeah. I don't know. It's To me, I think that um, Pat Shermer is constantly outthinking himself. Like, last week, big Noah Fant game. This week, oh, they're going to expect a big Noah Fant game. We're never going to go to Noah Fant. No. Those are the types of things that I feel like are happening. You have to do what you're good at. Don't worry about what yes. they think. Dictate. Bring yes. the fight to a team. One of yes. these days. One of these days. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right, we're going to get to your super chats and stuff in the third segment at the end, so keep those rolling in. Yes. Um, we're also going to talk to Mace here in just a second, but first want to give a shout-out to Hassel Cattle Company. You mentioned it. The seal of approval that we can give to food or drink is to bring it into the DNVR bar, and, he, and that's what we did with Hassel Cattle Company. If you come to the DNVR bar, oh, my God, Trey Lance just got killed. Um, if you come He's to the putting DN it all out on the line, though. You know, he should have extended the ball. If you come to the DNVR bar and order a burger, you're going to get a Hassel Cattle Wagyu burger. They're absolutely delicious. They are the uh, blue-collar Wagyu, and it's not just their burgers uh, that are so delicious. It's their steaks. It's their jerky. It's all of their incredible products. I, I love their jalapeno cheddar brats or beef yeah, beef brats is what they call yeah, them. So good. All extremely good. So uh, come down to the DNVR bar, try it out, and then get it shipped to your house. You can use the code DNVR10 to get 10% off and free shipping if you go over $200. Ryan, I was shaking in my boots at the end of that Bengals game. I had Green Bay minus 2.5 over a DraftKings Sportsbook. Five missed field goals in like the last 10 minutes of the game had me just going nuts. But in the end, Green Bay hit. And that's why DraftKings having some action in on the game is so much fun. And our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook make it so much fun. And Ryan, right now, they're giving you a chance to have $100 in free bets. So you can put it on tonight's game with the Chiefs and the Bills. That's going to be a heck of a game. You can put it on the over of that and just hope for a really fun game. You can put it on the Bills, hope they beat the Chiefs. Uh, you can put it on whatever you want because right when you bet $1 over at DraftKings Sportsbook on any game, 
you get $100 in free bets, which you can use instantly. So make sure to check them out right now to get in on maybe maybe you want to get some second half action on these second uh, these second day games going on or tonight or tomorrow's Monday night game. So check them out. Use the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook when you download their top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app to get that $100 in free bets when you place $1 on any game. That is code DNVR. And DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restricted supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, uh, another Sunday, another three hours of sleep for me. Oh. Um, and the only thing that uh, has me going today is Strava Craft Coffee. <laughs> Got a little bit right here. Uh. In the cup, yeah, little uh, Strava Craft Coffee cold brew. We've got that on tap here yep. at the DMVR bar. Again, the seal of approval. Yep. Um, and what's great about Strava Craft Coffee is on your first order, you can get 25% off by using the code DNVR25. Then when you're like, wow, this stuff is really good. The CBD infusions, all that stuff is amazing. Then you're going to want to order it more. You can have it shipped straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Why that's exciting is because... You don't have to put your credit card in. You don't have to worry about running easy out. Easy peasy. It's all so, so easy. So check out uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code DNVR to have DNVR25 to have it shipped straight to your door for 25% off. Brian. Zach. Should we talk to the people? Let's talk to the people and hopefully Mace here in a second. Uh, probably no Mace. Pressers are taking forever, apparently. Oh. Press so. conference is still going. Yeah. They're, they're dragging a loss out, Ryan. All right. I don't know what they're talking about, but let's... Uh, <laughs> by the way, you want to hear something that just makes you uncomfortable? The, the These two words together to hear them? Moist something? So, we first of all, hope he's okay. Uh, Joe Burrow taken to a local hospital with a throat contusion. Oh, yeah. What is that? Throat contusion? I can feel it when oh, I say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it makes me feel like I have something in my throat yes. right now. Uh, so I actually really hope he's okay. wonder if it was on that hit. I think it was. It had to be. And then he goes out there and plays the rest of the game. I, I kind of wish they would have gotten the win, even though he balled out. it would have made you lose your bet. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> also, now Trey Lance is out there sacrificing his body. Kyle Shanahan said, hey, you're tough. You got to respect your teammates. Never do that again he yes. put it he put his shoulders down he put his head down three into a double smashed. team yeah. yeah oh my goodness and still didn't get oh, it was that fourth down fourth no and wonder goal. he went so hard they but stopped him on the inches i just don't know why you wouldn't put the ball out yeah yeah what's the worst yeah, thing that happened you get stripped yeah exactly yeah just learn from naji unfortunately yeah exactly all um, right, super chat to hit here. All right, super chat here from Greg S. Shermer should love his job just for that second and 18 run while being lose behind a couple scores. Oh, lose probably, yeah. Lose job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just sat there not surprised after the first half. Well, offensive coordinators take a lot of heat. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've ever felt so, I don't know, it's the word of the day, uninspired. Yeah. By, uninspired out of touch yeah it just doesn't feel like he's ever pressing the right buttons yeah once a game maybe he gets on a drive where i'm like oh he actually he's got it figured out you know like yep he's he has a feel for this he's zoning in not at all today no, no. i mean again I, I i'm not giving him credit for fourth quarter desperation drives yeah, and I mean, I, I agree with that. But how about those outside-of-the-numbers hey, passes? When you finally looked Cortland Sutton's way, Tim Patrick's way. All right. The, the, by the way, you mentioned it just in passing earlier. The Cortland Sutton play where he caught the ball 
and ran backwards three yards and went, and went out of bounds. Dude. I almost screamed. Dude. What are we doing? That's And that was their fir- that would have been their first first down of the day. If I was ever to make a case for why you should um why you should re-sign Tim Patrick over Cortland Sutton, I would just show that play and then follow it up with the play later in the game where where Tim yep. dives yep. and reaches the ball out. <laughs> yeah. oh. If I was ever a coach, I would be coaching my players to set, like act like every down is third down. Right. With the way that you treat the sticks. Right. Everyone should know in 2021 that it is extremely hard to get one yard in the NFL. So isn't that the exact opposite of Bill Belichick's mind- mindset? I think he tells his players to never reach for the pylon. Reaching for the pylon is different than just like... Just a mentality. Just saying like, there's the sticks, I got to get there. Right, right. Court, like, And then there was actually another play later in the game where Tim... It was the exact same play, right? 10, 12-yard hitch. Catches the ball... Instantly pivots, turns up, and gets like 12 more yards because yep. he just tried. Yep. Cortland looks so lackadaisical, like trying to look cool, it seemed like. Cortland made a fantastic touchdown catch. Oh, he, yeah. he made some other great catches. But, Ryan, it he's not without blame because of how slow he sloppy. looked. And, yeah, sloppy and uninspired he looked. And, Ryan, we talk about they've got to get fire from someone. Who is it on the offensive side of the ball? couple of years ago was Philip Lindsay, right? Yeah. Uh, there was no question about that. Javante? Like, he brings it with his play. Yeah, in like he does. A- he's not a fire-up guy. In fact, Teddy says he's as cool as me. He's as calm as me. He t- freaked Teddy out how calm he was being yeah. a rookie behind him, so it's not from him. Uh, Melvin... Uh, Got another angry run today. Yeah. Won't win, but it was still yes, an angry run. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, maybe it's Tim, but, I mean, you, you look around. Garrett Bowles, Ryan, not looking good. No. False start how penalty, many penalties now? a holding penalty. That is, I'm not sure how many holding or how many penalties that is. I think this is the first game he didn't give up a sack. Uh, but I mean, it is it is not good for Garrett Bowles. Uh, again, just trying to find someone on offense to pump him up. I I can't really. They don't. Uh, it's it's a problem. That's a big problem. Yep. We had kind of talked about Drew as being that guy. It was one of the reasons why we were excited for yeah. Drew. He's He's more of that vocal leader, more of that rah rah guy, if you will. He, you know, he's willing to talk to the crowd. He's willing yeah. to do all those things. All these other guys are just going through the motions They're a little there. bit. They're there. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much the decision to get in at 8 p.m. last night instead of fly earlier. I'm so glad you're here because uh, you just keep reminding <laughs> me of things that piss me off. Um, what the hell is that? I think it's ludicrous. And I don't know what the reason, the real reasoning is, Ryan. There's no way that there was not a single event space for these guys, right? Come on, so, man. So here's, here's the story. Broncos, it's- when they play in Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago, they fly out Friday night so that they can be there for the game on Sunday. They can have a full day to acclimate because it's an early morning East Coast game. What do the Broncos have today, Ryan? Oh, an early morning East Coast game. So what do they do? Do they fly out Friday night? No, they don't. Do they fly out Saturday morning? No, they don't. Do they fly out Saturday afternoon? No, nope. they get into their hotel at 8 p.m. on Saturday for an early game the next day. And the reasoning was because there was no event space for them to hold their meetings because there were too many weddings. All the weddings were taking them up in all of Pittsburgh, Ryan. Oh, man, I, I want to curse so badly. someone there. You think so? You've got a, you, we have a conspiracy? Uh, uh, what else could it be, Ryan? You think, you think every single event space was taken? Or why, do, why would they do this? 
Zach, there's parks. Right. <laughs> you what do you mean good. every event? I I'm with you on this. This is the biggest joke I've ever heard. You can't find a place to meet? It blows but my mind. Vic doesn't have a suite that you can fit 53 guys into? Also, seriously, also, why can't why can't you do the... Why are Sunday or Saturday night evening meetings so important that they can't be done Saturday morning or Friday night? I don't... Listen, this is such a... a, a, a I don't know how much it affected the game. I know that I, I, you know, I don't want to get up at, what, what time do they probably have to get up this morning? I guess it's oh, one o'clock that time. Pretty so, early though. Yeah, I don't, no one wants to get up early after a late flight in. No. But either way, they're professionals, they should be able to handle yeah, themselves. absolutely. The fact that, that this is some like, I mean, I could tell they were like building in an excuse when this yeah. started coming out in the first place and yeah. it's like, you cannot be serious. Go to the local bowling alley. Yes. Res reserve some lanes. Do something. Go on the rooftop. I don't care what it is, but then the right. The courtyard. After. The so, restaurant. Yes. Any. Yeah. Just rent a restaurant. R Del Frisco's. Oh my. And, and so I don't know what the real reasoning was, but then not only did the Broncos play really well against Jacksonville, but then that week after all the players just kept saying was. Yep, we went there for a business trip. We decided we wanted to go out two days before to make sure we were 100% ready, and it turned out great, and they don't do it. Could you stay in, I don't know, um, another city down yes, the street? of course you could, right? There's so you're many. Bit, you're, you're worth $3.75 billion. You couldn't find some place to meet? This was like, um, like I never want to hear a, a travel complaint ever again of like, oh, like, or like it, like it hurt that we got. You yeah. did this to yourselves. Yep, you did. So like, if your flight gets delayed or whatever, and someone tries to use that as an right. excuse, I'm gonna say. Right. Remember the time when you chose to fly in at 8 p.m. because oh. what? You uh, you you had to get your meetings in at at a a Marriott. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't be a little bit flexible. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. By the way, actually no, never mind. I was gonna say, you know, if a t if an o if a away team needs some place to meet, they can come here. But I actually decided, no, no, they can't. Um, but you know, I tweeted we could out, steal their secrets. I was in, I was at a wedding in Baltimore yesterday. I was like, hey, if the Colts need a place to meet, they can come to my room. Oh, that's so nice of you. <laughs> Got a couple beds could in you there. Fifty three people. I legitimately think I could. <laughs> Standard size room. I think that we could pack them in. Well, there's none of those in Pittsburgh. None. Not a single one. I mean, and, and it's not a fake thing. Um, like, did you see Romy's tweets last night? No. Friend of the program, Romy yeah. Bean, last night tweeting um, that she got to her hotel and they said, sorry, we overbooked the hotel because of the weddings. Um, so we oh, don't have a place my for you. Goodness. Um, they're like, we heard there might be some rooms at the whatever down the street. So she goes to the place down the street. They're, uh, they're saying like, oh, we don't have, we might have a room in a few hours. So they like, have to wait finally get a room wow and then she had some other unfortunate events so sorry about that she's she said that uh she, they were trying to like load their gear into the room and then accidentally got locked out of their room so oh they like go get gosh. and then she said um her um um uh, what do you call those glasses her eye drops ex like exploded in her bag all oh over oh my over gosh what a nightmare trip <laughs> so it sounds like Pittsburgh is an absolute mess. In every uh, way, this is a nightmare. We right? might as well bring in <laughs> Pittsburgh expert yes. uh, on the scene, Andrew Mason. What up, Mace? Hey, how you doing? Sorry, I got to have the mask on. It's the rule up here in the uh, in the press box. But yeah, it, it's an absolute mess. Um, 
guys, I will be, I will consider myself thankful if I get out tomorrow. Um, with everything going on with Southwest Airlines, with everything going on with the wedding here, this has just been a complete bleep show of a trip. And I'm just glad I'm here talking to you guys. Well, I'm glad you're here too. Um, unfortunate so wait, circumstances, really quick, though. Mace, do you how how do you feel about this whole wedding season <laughs> mishap that happened? You know what? We're up in the hills here. It's you're in the Allegheny Mountains. It's a part of the kind of the wider App Appalachian range uh, of the eastern. <laughs> well, we're getting States. a geography lesson here. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's actually pretty nice up here at this time of year. I mean, you got the, you got the foliage starting to hit on the trees on the hills around here. I mean, it's it's. I can see why a lot of people would want to get married in this neck of the woods, but we know how bad the weather gets. So you want to get you want a fall wedding. You want to get it now. <laughs> you couldn't have the fall wedding last year. So I actually I I can actually see the point here. But I mean, but, it's absolute. It's it was absolutely crazy. Like I just I was staying like 20 miles south of Pittsburgh. And there were a cluster of like motels, hotels. Every one of them was jammed. Every single one. It's just wow. incredible. Do you think the Broncos should have just gone to the bowling alley and had meetings like I do? <laughs> Would that have been a bad idea? You know what they should have done? They should have. Tr they should have just said, "Okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pay for Manny Brothers one of their locations, like however many, like a few thousand dollars." Exactly. We're gonna buy. We're gonna buy out a Permantis for the night. Yep. And we're just going to have our meetings here. We're going to have some local food, watch all the college football games after, just have a little team bonding night. That's what exactly no what I'm saying. What a you novel could find idea. Something. <laughs> they could have um, reached out to like the Pittsburgh Pirates, a fellow you know, um, professional organization said, hey, can we use your suites right. to do uh, meetings tomorrow night? I don't think they would have had an issue with that. No. No, I mean, just yeah. just crazy. Anyways, okay, <laughs> let's get back to uh, the game, Mace. Your your biggest overarching takeaway from tonight, today. The Broncos lost this game, pure and simple. Pittsburgh, they won on the scoreboard, but I don't want to hear about refs and bad calls. And I, the Broncos flubbed this game. This was a game they should have won, and if you take away. If you take away Draymond Jones with that leverage penalty, yet another special teams penalty that proves cost. If you, if Javante Williams doesn't spike the ball, and he said after the game he he was asked if he knew the rule and he said he didn't. So, is that a failure on him? Is it a failure Coach. on coaching for not making it clear that if you spike the ball and you don't score a touchdown, you're getting flagged for that? So, like the, the a failure there. The players aren't expected to read the rule book front to back, I don't think. <laughs> it's up to the coaches to teach them th what they need to know. Right. Yeah. And we know that they had that there is a day usually where they work on this, but obviously something got got mixed up in how it was conveyed because he didn't know because as he said he didn't know that that was going to be a penalty. And then Alexander Johnson's got a couple of interceptions in his hands or through his hands and he can't pull them in. I mean, you give the Broncos any one of those guys, I think the result is reversed. Any yep. one of those. I completely agree, and it's what I was saying from my biggest takeaways was just, well, one, it was I don't think this is a well-coached team, but my second biggest takeaway was just like you said, so many mistakes. It just felt like the Broncos are a team that's, like, afraid to make a play. Like, just go be winners. You know, yeah. like, you watch 
game after game on a Sunday of just teams making play after play after play. It feels like the Broncos are like afraid to make a play. I, yep. and, and, and I don't mean that in the literal sense of afraid to. Right. Which feels like, like, go be great. Yep. You know, like, what are you, what are you, what are you here for? Go be yep. great. And for some, for whatever reason, there's like a, a block between them and making big plays. Yeah. Well, I it, think he'll, yeah, like, I think maybe just last year with all the giveaways, I feel like that maybe organizationally they're afraid of the consequences and mistakes. But you do have to. There has to be that happy medium between too much risk and not risking anything. Right. You got to go. You know, if anything, the fourth downs or in the first couple, the first couple weeks should show you the wisdom of saying, hey, we gotta, we got to be a bit bold. we got to be a be – we got to take a risk from time to time. Not be reckless, but take some risk. Like Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit, right? Well, they're not getting – they're not risking anything until they have nothing to lose, which is the fourth quarter and they're down by three scores. Exactly. So, Mace, I mean, we talk about getting down three scores in the fourth quarter. How did the Broncos change this and get off to a hotter start? We heard what Teddy had to say after uh, by saying maybe we need to do a college thing and start banging our heads against each other before the game. And and I like the idea of trying something, but just how slow both sides of the ball started was uh, is extremely concerning. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm actually a little more concerned about the defense starting slow than the offense because – Think the, I, I think some of the, the offense is just trying to find your rhythm a little bit, but defensively, this is the unit that's supposed to carry you. And this past game, you think back to, you know, they, they got punched in the mouth early by the Giants, they got punched in the mouth early by the Jaguars. I mean, you know, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence sliced and diced them up back in week two on that first drop. They, they've got to come out better because you know what? You're, you're about to face offenses that can not only do things against you on the first drive, but that can do things against you throughout the game. I mean, it, it, it gets tougher from here when you go against Las Vegas and Cleveland here in the next 10 days. Much tougher than you faced out there with the, with the Steelers, who eventually did slow down. So this is something they've got to figure out. Lickety split or... They're going to they're gonna be, instead of being behind by, you know, 17-6 or 20-6, to six, they're going to be behind 27 to 3 or something like that. They've, they've got to fix this now. You, you kick the ball off to the Steelers to start the game, and it's an opportunity for your defense to set the tone. And they sure right. did. They set the tone by Kyle Fuller getting cooked yep. and going down 7 0. And how much evidence do we need to know that the Broncos can't even dig themselves out of a 7 0 hole? They admit it. Yes, exactly. I mean, coach after coach talking about how they have to get off to better starts. It's like, I don't know, call better defenses then to start the game. Get them off to a better start. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to ask you guys this, and maybe you've already talked about it, but with Ronald Darby coming off IR, is the guy who loses his spot Kyle Fuller the way he's playing? How can he not be? How can you not? Yeah. How can you look at what happened today? And was Pat Sertan perfect? No, he got beat a couple of times. But obviously, you're not taking him. Bryce Callahan's good in the slot. It it absolutely has to be Kyle Fuller, or else you are doing your team a disservice just because you like Kyle Fuller as a guy. And we know Vic Fangio likes him, but it's not getting it done. He's still gonna get his money, but he can't be that outside cornerback. He he he, yeah. he looked god awful today. Yeah, and he, he he was beat early. And on the P.I., look, I know people will say, oh, it's kind of ticky-tack. If he turns his head around, he doesn't get called there. You've yep. got to turn your head. This has been true for decades. You t- and that, you, when it's down the sideline, going toward the end zone like that, if you are face guarding and there is contact, 
they will call you for PI 90% of the time. You've got to turn your head. I mean, to, to Fuller's credit, he admitted he knew that he has to turn his head there, and he, did, and he didn't do it. But, you know, Vic Fangio, I think, uh, clear as day and was accurate, said he, Kyle Fuller had a bad day today. And, Wait, so, so and Kyle— And that's why I would get Darby out there in his place. Because, Kyle talked because, after the game, Mace? Yeah, how was he? Was it short and sweet? Were, were there anything uh, newsworthy from that? No, I mean, I, I, I give him credit and Broncos sure. PR credit for getting him out there to face the music, but we know that Kyle Fuller is not loquacious, and he's a man of few words, and he was a man of few words today. I mean, at least he took. I, I credit him for taking responsibility as a veteran player should, as you expect, but. Uh, it was nothing, just nothing particularly in, in, insightful. I mean, he just, again, he said, hey, I, I was I was told that, hey, I've got to turn my head, I, I got to turn my head back, and I can't have that kind of contact on the PR. That's what I, he said. I do respect Broncos PR a lot. It's not an easy job to go tell someone, hey, got to go talk to the media. Like, I wouldn't want to be the person who has to say that. <laughs> um, so I respect oh. I respect them for uh, for having him meet the media. Mace, any other noteworthy quotes that came from the locker room? Well, I mean, Justin Simmons. It was interesting. Remember how he talked about the miscommunication last week, and this week he kind of struck a different tone and, and basically said, "Look, it's not kind of about the football X's and O's and all that." And he, he kind of. I think he's he's reached a point of uh, of frustration. Um, Von Miller talked about uh, you know beating beat beat by Claypool when he just said, "Hey, I, I had to be inside a little more, got to be more solid in the coverage." But uh, I mean, look, he's got to just Vic, not be out there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I get the Vic Fangio scheme, and if you go all the way back to when he was in Carolina back in the 1990s, an element of this scheme is occasionally having your edges drop into coverage and then bring the pressure from somebody else. You've got the same number of guys rushing, but you're trying to kind of confuse the opponent. But Von Miller in in coverage doesn't do you any good, okay? Let him do what he does best. Let's let's figure that out before you start trying to get before you start trying to get exotic. Um I thought I'm just going through it here. I, I mentioned the thing about Javante Williams saying he didn't know the didn't know the rule. Um, Teddy, <laughs> oh Teddy Bridgewater with a, a cliche, but I think it's true, says it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. He's not wrong there. But just a reminder that when the Broncos were 3-0, and they weren't as good as they looked. And uh, at their worst, they're probably not as bad as they are. You know, this is, they're, a, they're a mid-level team. And they, and they lost a close game in the end to a mid-level team. And when you're a mid-level team, you can't afford to be shooting yourself in the foot time and time again that's just you don't have that margin for error you're you're not the green bay packers with aaron Rodgers. you're not you know you're not the charger with justin herbert you're not the chiefs with patrick mahomes you're the broncos with a steady and unspectacular quarterback who generally doesn't make mistakes and gives you a chance but you have you, you've got a thin mar- you got a thin margin here you can't go barfing barfing on that thin line with your own mistakes i think that's kind of the thing that uh, the general tone that I got from the Broncos after the game today is that they know that they don't they don't have the they know they don't have the ability to screw it up for themselves if they're going to have a chance they've got to clean these things up and, and if they me, don't buy, and if they don't buy next week they are probably they're probably toast I don't think they're going to Cleveland and winning and Mace my last one for you uh, you talk about just how they knew 
um, that, that they lost the game themselves. Last week, they built this game up to be a huge game, specifically Vaughn and Justin. Did they feel like, shoot, we just lost a really big game? Yes and no. I think they know they let one get away. But at the same time, I think they didn't mention the name Raider, Raiders, but I think they know that it's a division game next week. And, you know, they've been around the league and they've, they've heard all the cliches, division games count double and all that. Um, I think they I think they realize they've backed themselves into a corner here, though, because they've, they've lost both of these games, these last two games. And that if they want to be even a fringe playoff contender, that it may well come down to that game next week. I think we'll probably see see and hear urgency, whether it results in a better outcome, we'll see. Yeah, all right, Mace, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your insights. I think you're spot on. Um, to, I, I, I hate the, the term let one get away here because I just think they blew it. I don't think they ever had one to, to let get away. I think they had a bad game plan. They came in unprepared. They came in under-rested because they didn't want to go to the bowling alley. They came in <laughs> flat because their coaches don't get anyone riled up. And this is what this is what happens. They, they, they've got to make some, in my opinion, they need to get ahead of this while they're still 3-2 and two and make some big changes to the way that they're preparing. Yeah, because if they lose next week, it's their toast. And the, and the way they in the way they use their talent. I mean, we, I don't know if you guys touched on this, but how is Noah Fant not targeted until the fourth quarter? It's we talked about terrible. it. Terrible. What are you doing? It's inexcusable. Here. I said it, it's Pat Shermer <laughs> overthinking himself of being last week. Okay, this is a big Noah Fant game, and then this week. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna throw him a curveball. We're gonna go away from Noah in this game. We're gonna use him as a decoy. You're not good enough to do that yet. It's, yeah, you gotta. And, it's, and you're also, I mean, here it is. It's five games in. What is the bread and butter? They need to, they need to figure out the bread and butter in this, of this offense. And, know, and whenever things are breaking down, know that they can go to that. And what is Noah it? Noah Fan ought to be a part of it. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> they don't I mean, have one. Javante yeah. Williams. Yeah, they've, they've, got to fig, they've got to figure out those one or two plays, those one or two skill players, that if they know that if everything else is breaking down, but they get him the ball. They can get back on track, get back on schedule. It's kind of like the bubble screen back in the Peyton Manning days. Everything could be falling apart, but they knew that they could run one of those plays, get their footing, and get back on track. I don't well, see what that play is, what that what those guys are with this offense right now, and that's a big concern. Five games in, you should know that at this point. Throw the ball to Tim Patrick. That's my advice. Um, <laughs> yes. He had a good game today, especially late, to his credit. Yes, he did. I, I was in on him over three and a half receptions. Boom. I think he doubled it or almost doubled it. Um, Seven for 89. There you go. He doubled it. All right. All right, Mace. Appreciate you as always. And uh, safe travels back to Colorado. Watch out for all those uh, post-wedding zombies. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe try to wedding crash tonight if there's any Sunday night weddings. Hey, I'm I'm glad you brought up zombies, though. I mean, you know, Dawn of the Dead was right up in Monroeville, just up uh, the road. How about uh, that? Of course, I knew that. That's why I made the reference. <laughs> All right, later, Mace. See you guys. Zach, I might retract my uh, criticism of Teddy Bridgewater not selling out to run in a touchdown. It is a bad Holy day to be a quarterback smokes. trying to convert a first down. First, it was uh, Joe Burrow. Yep. Who got just destroyed? Yep. Uh, then, of course, it was Trey Lance. It looks like Trey Lance is okay. Yep. Uh, and then finally, 
Yikes. Just now, Daniel Jones, I thought it was funny for a second because they literally showed an up close of him spitting turf out of his mouth. Oh, He my literally gosh. ate turf, but then he stumbled off the field and that wasn't funny anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, now you got your boy Mike Lennon and baby. Oh, Let's gosh. Go, Mike. They should have just used his neck. To uh, convert that fourth down. Oh, my gosh. the neck out of uh, Instead, they got Devontae Booker in the end zone. Let's go, Book. Crazy, crazy. Um, anyways, we got a couple Super Chats or just one? Just one up. last one to hit. One yep. Super Chat to hit on our way out. It's from William. Says, growing up most of my life in Alexandria, Virginia, watching Washington. And it's scary how much we resemble mm -hmm. that franchise the past few years. That is a tough note to uh, end on at well, least in the comments and ryan it probably comes with ownership right i mean how's washington's ownership been terrible not very good not an ownership group that people want how's the broncos ownership non-existent yeah who yeah, exactly they don't so have one. that's something that the broncos need and ryan we know that's going to happen next year fortunately it's not going to help them this year at all though it's not and now they turn around they get to play the raiders at home they should be thankful for that but like i said i think I think this needs to be a wake-up call game. Um, I don't know if you can fire anyone or anything like that. I mean, you can. I don't know what it'll accomplish. But I think they really need to look themselves in the mirror and say, are we doing everything right? Because I don't think they are. I think they need to change the way that they're preparing for games. I think they need to change the way that they're attacking on defense. I think they need to change the way that they're literally taking the field before a game. Mm -hmm. Ryan, I hate that sometimes it takes someone to get fired, whether it's on the coaching staff or uh, you cut a player in order to get people on notice and get them fired up. I don't think that's fair on that person, but it works sometimes. And if that's that's what the Broncos need to do, I don't think it comes down to a specific player this week. I think it'd be a coach. I don't think they make that move this week, but they need something. They need some spark, some fire. Yep. And while it's unrealistic, I understand the people who are looking at Brandon Staley and he's getting famous for all these quotes and they're jealous and there's nothing you can do about this. Cause like, what were you going to do? Fire Ed Donatel, promote him defensive coordinator and then fire Vic Fangio. And promote him head coach? No. no, but the fans are looking around, seeing coaches getting good yep. publicity. Yep. And meanwhile, these guys are just like dragging ass. Yep. Uh, dragging ass and, and it's frustrating are we uh, dragging ass right now no we're, okay, well good. we're about to drag our asses right out of here uh and if you feel like you're dragging ass and you want to further your education go over to msudenver.edu slash online and see what they can do for you of course it's a perfect place to go and get your education especially if you're looking to work a full-time job at the same time um, they are the place to go for that they were uh, students that attend msu denver online work twice as many hours as students attending any other colorado institution so with that in mind go to msudenver.edu online be careful out there if you're trying to convert a short yardage situation uh, don't put your head um, down don't be uh, dragging ass the rest of this <laughs> Sunday. And keep your head up. And, and Yes, absolutely. Keep your head up. Uh, we'll be back this week to discuss uh, the, the season. Yeah. The season on the line yep. as they welcome in yep. the Oakland Raiders. I mean, there's a part of you that says, eh, I kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a part of me that says, if you guys come out like that, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to have to say next Sunday. I don't want to feel that think way. Think of all the boo birds that will be there. It's Three-game losing streaks staring him out of the face. Time to dig deep. Yep. Time to dig deep. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos post-game show. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the sponsors. Appreciate everyone who came down to the DNVR bar today. We will catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
last time.